Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What a great passage. Tommy, you just read one of the classics. Um, Ephesians 2, 1 through 10. You know, I, I have a deep connection to this passage because in eighth grade, I was in a Bible study where uh, it was like a discipleship group that was very intensely run um, by a guy named Cooper who now has a PhD from Cambridge. So Cooper's a very smart dude. Smart guy. And he was the middle school minister at my church. And he had us memorize a lot of scripture together. And I remember one week we were sitting at Chick-fil-A and he told us we were going to memorize two, one through 10 together. And that like blew my mind. I was like, there's no way I'm going to memorize the that The first big words. chunk of scripture to, you were exactly. going to memorize. Yeah. Like uh, to, before that time to me, like memorizing a long passage of scripture seemed like an otherworldly concept and he introduced it and then he read the passage to us. And I remember when he read it and as I sat there reading along, um, that was the first time the gospel ever truly made sense to me. And I think like that's, oh, wow. that's kind of the moment that I point to is my like conversion moment. And um, just the scales off the eyes and like understanding death to life through grace um, and faith and, you know, just the gospel economy. And so, hmm. you know, the, you, you hear that, you hear that so often with Ephesians and Galatians, at least that, that's yeah, yeah, a common thing I've totally. heard that um, it wasn't necessarily a sermon. It was like, no, they people Romans opened five. the Bible yeah. and they read it and they came to faith. Maybe, maybe I, I back up just a hair. Maybe that's just the power of God's word because I heard that recently from a guy who opened up Matthew mm-hmm. and he got saved while he was reading Matthew by himself because Jesus just jumped off the page and yeah. he's like, I've never never thought of anyone like this before. Yeah. Well, it's why I pray. I mean, we'll get to Ephesians two after this, but um, you know. If you ever are like in a pre-service meeting with me um, for like a Tuesday night or a Sunday morning or something, uh, what I love to pray is that everything that I have to say that you or D's or whoever's preaching, yeah. that everything we would have to say would fall away and be forgotten and what God has to say would be heard Amen. Uh, in the hearts of his people. Because I really do believe as great as a great sermon is, as powerful as a great song is you know i do think that these are all temporary vessels you know even these odr episodes are very temporary vessels yeah. that will be forgotten and lost one day but the the truth that's in god's word uh you know in a good song a good sermon a good podcast 
that will abide forever. And so, yeah, they're, they're mediums to get us connected to God. Totally. So yeah, Ephesians two, one through 10, Ah, um, such a good passage. And you know, I do think like uh, me and Barrett talked about this some in chapter one, but with all these passages, uh, it's so easy to become very theologically minded and just to like, see you know like look for the predestination or the like atonement theory of choice or whatever you know just to kind of yeah. like miss the forest for the trees of looking at all these semantic things in our english translations to like make our theology feel good that's right and you know not that scripture shouldn't help us with theology obviously it should but we should come looking for jesus you know and looking to hear from the holy spirit and come yep. uh with empty hands and so we have, you know, it starts off, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. You know, Paul paints this very, uh, you know, depraved image, I guess, uh, of, you know, the church, the people of God that he's addressing pre-Christ. And, uh, you know, I've actually heard that that article and um, Kai in Greek, it can mean and or but Mm -hmm. and so i actually think it's it's kind of interesting to read that as a as like a but or as a yet because paul has kind of come off this mountaintop in ephesians 1 you know this prayer that they would understand the you know the spirit of enlightenment to know the hope of the gospel and this epic passage about jesus being enthroned overall and given as the head overall to the church that's right. And then Paul says, but you were dead in the trespasses and sins. And then he gets into the formation of the church, which is the gospel. So Tom, what are your thoughts on this passage? Well, yeah, I think you're right. And we certainly want to, to, to rightly divide the word of God, but we don't want to just boil it down to where it's just um, wrote textbook theology yeah. that takes away the relational component with the Lord and the heart of God. And so it's easy to do that with this passage because it's been done so many times. But I think the first three verses are, they were transformative for me because uh, in in the wisdom of the Holy Spirit, Paul didn't call out specific sins here. He does that other places. Um, bless you for the silent sneeze. Oh, um, <laughs> Paul calls out specific sins in other passages but this is a general note on all humanity. Mm. We're all dead in our trespasses. Yeah. We're children of wrath. We walk in disobedience. Yep. We live according to our passions. That's everybody, mm-hmm. every human. But the dead part, the the fourth word in the passage was something that I didn't understand for a long time. I kind of thought I was drowning in my sins. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought, and I've said this in different sermons, but I kind of thought I was like out in the middle of a lake and I had a leg cramp and I was going to drown. I was going to die. And Jesus threw me a life preserver Mm -hmm. and I grab onto the life preserver and he hauls me to shore and I'm saved. Mm -hmm. But That's not what this says. This says I'm already at the bottom of the lake dead. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you, you only realize that when the Lord opens your eyes, and begins to breathe new life into you, you realize I'm dead and he's bringing me back. Mm-hmm. And so we are dead. And then verse four, and I, I even mentioned this in, in a young adult sermon, these two words, but God. So powerful. 
were dead, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which he loved us. You know, when you see those those two words, but God, and then a comma, you just hold your breath in the scriptures because something, something big is about to happen. Yeah. The human condition, but God. Mm-hmm. He is so kind. And even when we were dead, he made us alive together. It's this really incredible picture of the the love of God. And I think it's it's easy for Christians to um, to highlight love for each other. I think it's easy for Christians to highlight how frustrated God is with us. Totally. But this passage says God doesn't have to condemn us. We're already condemned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But he loves us so much. He wants to bring us out of that condemnation into life. And it takes away all my bragging. It takes away all my, um, all my works. It just says, well, what can a dead man do? Mm-hmm. Dead man walking. I mean, that's what we are before Christ. We don't know we're dead, but we're walk- we're the walking dead. Yeah. And because of his kindness, because of his great love, which he has lavished, lavished on us, his mercy. Um, and I do think it's, uh, it's good for us to remember that God really does love us. Mm-hmm. He lavished his love on us. Didn't just like give us just enough. But when you lavish something, you you go above and beyond. Mm. It's like you didn't just get Jenna a flower. You got her like a flowers. <laughs> Here we go. And it wasn't even her birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you took her to dinner and it was like, you know, it's just like Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. He lavishes his love on us. So mm-hmm. I think this is just a a a seminal passage of you are so good god and i am actually more broken and more dead than i can realize apart from you you know a really helpful gospel passage to me in addition to this is first john 1 uh 9 it says if we confess our Hmm. sins he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and if we really think about that, I think that to say that God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins is actually a really interesting choice of words. Hmm. Normally, when we think of God's justice and like his, his the morality of his faithfulness, the integrity of his faithfulness, we view that as like a negative thing against us. Like God's justice wants to punish us for our sins, but like his kindness gets in the way in a, in a sense, yeah. like Jesus kind of gets in the way of God's justice and wrath. Um, yeah. And, we always view justice in, in a negative sense. Yes. Justice is going to result in wrath. It's kind of how we always see it. Absolutely. But out of his great love for us, you know, God stepped down in the person of Christ mm. and died for us. And so in doing so God bound mm. his justice with the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. And so, you know, I think we think through about God's forgiveness towards us in our sinful human way of forgiving, which is like, I'm going to forgive you, but I don't want to, and I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. And I might not next time, but when God forgives Mm. us, it's actually coming from a place of love, of joy, of justice, because he is reconciling a relationship that he is jealous for. That's good. And so I, I do so love, good. like, it, it's easy in Ephesians 2 to, you know, I think especially in Reformed circles to, like, see, to focus on the, like, 
dead in sins and, you know, the wretched worm that I am sort of mindset, but not to sink in the, because of the great love with which you loved us mm. in verse four, you know, like, like God, you are the treasured possession of God. Yeah. This isn't a passage about how bad I am. This is a passage about how good God is. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's so, I mean, there's only three verses given to, uh, to that. The rest of it is given to the, the goodness, the grace, the kindness, the love of God. Yeah. And then we're actually given a new identity in verse 10. Yep. We are his workmanship. That Greek word poema, uh, it's, it's the word that we get poem from, you know? So think about, you know, I'm a songwriter, so that like resonates deeply with me, but uh, the idea of something as well crafted and meticulously thought through as a poem, yeah. you know, as workmanship to, to make something with your hands that we are the workmanship of Jesus, you know, created for good works, um, for, to fill the earth with the beauty of God's kingdom. And so no, we're not just left in this, like, you should go feel bad about yourself because look at all the you know bad stuff that God loved you through, but it's like no, you have a new purpose and a new name and a new yes. identity, and you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places, and we can live out of that freely. And I think one of the best ways I've heard that phrased is because of God's love for me, because mm-hmm. of the way He's lavished His love on me. I want to not just like okay, well, I guess I better be obedient. Like I owe him, a, I owe him a due. It's no, I like you said, we're his poem, we're his, we're this beautiful work he's made. So let me try to adjust my life yep. as a response to say thank you. Amen. And I think that's maybe a good note for us as we kind of yeah. roll into our day is because of all that he's done, remembering the commands of God are not burdensome. First John 5 3. He's made us to walk in a new way. So let me try to adjust my life just to say thank you. Amen. Can agree more. Well, for Thomas Nelson, this is Will Carlisle, and we will see you as we continue through the book of Ephesians tomorrow on our daily rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.